Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. Sharing it to sharing it to my page right now. Let's start over. Welcome in to, to Libservative, the show that uh, is attempting to make thinking sexy again. I feel like I switch up the, uh, the the catchphrase every single time, but who cares? Maybe maybe that's gonna be part of our charm. He's Corey Walsh, and he's Dan Griffin, and this is Libservative. We have got uh, I think we've got a pretty interesting show for you uh, this evening. Uh, today is what? What are we? Did? October twenty eighth now already, and I don't think during our game of red pill blue pill either of us has used our bullet yet. I don't think uh, we're going to need to do we that tonight. <laughs> yeah, the bullets are already spent. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, red pill blue pill—the game where we uh, go over uh, liberal narratives and conservative narratives and choose one. And if we can't choose one, well, we get one bullet every month uh, to put in our own heads. Instead of uh, instead of choosing uh, a narrative, but we have to start tonight with uh, Anthony Fauci's new children's book, Corey Fauci and his Beagles. <laughs> Conservative, this thing is a tale of. I don't know. I was trying to think of the description for it, but yeah, I can't think a of anything. Tale of sandflies, pus, and dead dogs. Apparently, is what we're dealing with here with Anthony God Fauci. Damn it! This this whole thing, this whole thing is 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 so crazy to me because when I first heard about it, my immediate reaction was like, okay, I know Anthony Fauci has already lied to us on a couple of fronts, but when these things come out, I always go, all right, hold on, let's take a second and let's see what's actually going on here. So. This was this story first posted by the Hill. I read the National Review's version of what the Hill had said, uh, with regards to Anthony Fauci knocking out beagles, putting their heads in a little screen, and then having sandflies eat their faces in the name of research. Oh well, if you're getting a key part, then what's that? They also cut the. Uh the vocal cords of the dogs. Ah, uh, yes. So that it's because they didn't want the inconvenience of these dogs being annoying while they were being eaten alive. I don't mean to laugh because you ever because God, that's got to be annoying, right? <laughs> what a what a devil! Yeah, you know, we had a guy. I don't know if you remember here locally in Michigan, we had a guy named Sri Tanadar running. Oh, Sri! And uh, yeah, you remember that same shit happened with him. He had that pharmaceutical place and they were fucking with dogs too and they kind of put a nix in his campaign but i thought only the guess what i thought only the he chinese government official. fucked with dogs cory walsh no i guess not shri tanadar fauci they're probably friends <laughs> <laughs> tanadar was like hey i got an idea for you so it's the white coat <laughs> i have all these beagles i don't know what to do with them it was the white coat waste project uh which is a a, a not-for-profit who's Mission on their website is to uh, uh, call out and end wasted tax dollars on on animal experiments uh, and cruelty, which is a, a noble cause. Um, so the uh, the allegations here against Anthony Fauci. Hang on, let me let me pull up the the article that I was looking at here earlier. Okay. This is the one from the National Review, which is quoting the Hill. So. 
according to the white coat, the white, it's hard for me to say that. I keep wanting to say white coast. <laughs> Is that the East Coast or the West Coast? <laughs> I think it's the Gulf Coast. <laughs> no, no, very brown down there. Very brown on the Gulf Coast. Uh, That's why they're pissed. According to the White Coat Waste Project, the Food and Drug Administration does not require dogs to be uh, does not require drugs to be tested on dogs. This this was a uh, an issue of pharmaceutical testing. Why else would you have sand flies eat the faces out of beagles? Um, but they claim that forty four beagle puppies were used in Tunisia, North Africa, in a Tunisian North Africa laboratory. And some of the dogs had their vocal cords removed, as you stated so eloquently, Corey, allegedly so scientists could work without incessant barking, uh, leading to the effort from a Republican representative from South Carolina, Nancy Mace, writing a letter to the National Institute of Health, or the NIH, saying that the uh, cordectomies are cruel and an unreasonable misuse of taxpayer dollars. And that caused the... Uh, the White Coat Waste Project to get involved and call this whole thing out and basically make it public. Um, but here's what's interesting about this: it's it's obviously extraordinary, extraordinarily political, and so that's what made me kind of go, okay, well let's let's take a second, let's see what's actually going on here. Which we, I don't think we really know a ton of details just yet, other than the what's being reported which is that these dogs were being used, letting sand flies eat their face so that they could test some sort of pharmaceutical to see if it worked. Am, am I missing anything some, here? I don't think so. They must be coming out with some miracle drug that you can take that helps you rebuild your face if it gets eaten by sand fleas after being sedated and your vocal cords being pulled out. I hope that's right. Yeah, I hope that's right. Maybe they'll regrow these dogs' vocal cords and they'll be just fine. <laughs> Thank God, because that's something I've been worried about. Yes. Sure hope they push that medicine out soon. Sandflies here in uh, in in Michigan are a real pain in the ass. God, oh, when I go to sleep, the first thing I think of is fucking sandflies. But I think the first thing I thought of was like, all right, I, I'm already not a big fan of Anthony Fauci. I think he's a uh, he, he's a narcissist. I think that he's uh, you know he, he loves the spotlight. You know, the, the the entire the vaccine issue, you know, you could even go back to his work with with HIV and AIDS, which I mean, we could talk about. We could do a whole episode uh, on how that yeah. whole thing was botched. Uh, yeah, it's it's. But look, go ahead. I, I'm going to I'm going I'm to start out by saying this, like for anybody that thinks that, that, that still doesn't realize that I'm actually a, a Jimmy Dore leftist <laughs> is that I. <laughs> uh, and, and wants to think that I'm just hating on Fauci because I think I'm some sort of conservative. Look, I was one of the people early on in this pandemic. I could probably go find a Facebook post that said Anthony Fauci is a hero and fuck Donald Trump. He needs to listen to Fauci. <laughs> I was one of those people, Corey. I was one of those people that wanted to anoint Anthony Fauci as this. I looked to him too. He savior. was the. Uh... Of people. He was this, yeah, he was a, uh, a calm voice in a storm at the time. You know what I mean? And so, like, we had really no one else to turn to because everything was political. And then he was him just going, we need to just take care of this. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and for him to. <laughs> you know what kills me, though? Go ahead. Thinking about this Beagle thing is like, is this what's going to be 
<laughs> what does him in? Not all the lies about gain of function with uh, lying about it under oath or lying about uh, funding the Wuhan lab shit or any of this. Is it going to be the dog thing? Is that what's going to make everyone all of a sudden go, oh, this guy's a piece of shit? Well, you know everybody cares about dogs more than they care about humans. And That's to true. a degree, I understand that as a dog owner. Like, I definitely yeah. take better care dogs of my dogs. Dogs are selfless. And Humans are pieces of shit. And the thing is, like, I can speak to that because I take better care of my dog's health than I do on my own. I take her to the vet when she's due. You think, how, when's the last time you think I had a physical? I'm, th- I'm going to be 33 years old in a couple of weeks, Corey. I haven't met for a physical since I was 25. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I get it. I get the dog thing, but yeah, it's, it, it's like, and that that was actually some of the, one of the first things that came to my came to my mind was like I I had never heard of the uh, of this uh, what what is it the the, the white coat uh, waste agents and what I don't even remember what the fuck it's called anymore that's that's how quickly I forget these things um I got it here the uh, white coat waste project not white coast but white coat. Uh, wait, I'd never heard of this. I'd, I'd, never, I'd never heard of this before until today. So I, 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 well, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to just publicly call themselves the white coats. And they'd be like, yeah, so what we do is <laughs> like, I think they're going to be pretty hush hush about it. But yeah, so, so my, my first thought was to well, let's go to their website. You know, what, what, what is it about them? Because my first thought was, okay, is this some sort of group that is aiming to take down Anthony Fauci for political reasons? Uh, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they wouldn't have been in the right, but was it, was this in good faith, Corey, was my first question. Was this call out in good faith? How much did Fauci have to do with this? Which I don't think we know how much he directly had to do with this. We know that it was, that he was heading the portion of the NIH that was conducting this research. And as we- I'm sure he had caught whiff of it at least. And, and as we know, right, you know. The, as Joe Biden would say, the buck stops with me. Uh, Anthony Fauci it would be the same deal if he's the if he's the one uh, heading this part of the agency. But my first thought was, okay, is there a political motive to accuse Anthony Fauci of having dogs' faces eaten off by sand flies? Because honestly, the first thing that came to my mind was like Alex Jones talking about Hillary Clinton eating babies. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to like, I had to like take a step back. Okay, let's take a look. So I went in and I looked. Honestly, I'm just a regular Joe Schmo. Corey and I are, are self-proclaimed intellectual idiots. So I, I didn't do, I didn't do a, a huge deep dive into this, but all I did was I went to the White Coat Waste Project's uh, uh, website. And and I went to their staff and I and I looked and kind of saw what kind of affiliations that they have. And I wasn't able to find much. All I was really able to find was that uh Anthony Bellotti led the digital campaign for Lisa Murkowski's Senate bid in two thousand ten. Lisa Murkowski, of course, is a Republican from Ar- or Alaska. Uh, I saw AK and wanted to say Arkansas. Uh, and he was Arnold Schwarzenegger's senior research analyst during his 2006 bid for re-election. And the only other thing I was able to find was that Mackie Murr, uh, who is the grassroots development director uh, for the White Coat Waste Project, uh, led a team to help raise $6.5 million for Martha McSally's Senate campaign in 2018, also a Republican from Arizona. What does that mean to you? 
it doesn't mean a lot to me. I mean, it's 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 I mean, like well, a, it's that like means a, it's meh. it's not just some right wing hit job. This is throwing Anthony Fauci along with Republicans under the bus. Like whether like you know what I mean? Like if these people are involved in this whole thing as well, then it's a bipartisan thing that people are calling out. That it's like it doesn't matter if it's which party you belong to. Pieces of shit are pieces of shit. And they're all involved, have their fingers in this uh, dog fiasco. Well, I guess my red flag was like, like, does that make sense? What I'm saying, like, if it's if there's Republicans that names are popping up in this, no, 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 that have to do with this. What I'm saying is the research agency that called out Fauci. These two people, oh, they worked were all for, Republicans. Worked sorry, for sorry, Republicans, yeah. and my, my my whole point was. I mean, yeah, is that like a tiny red flag that maybe this is political? Maybe, but like to me, that doesn't say a lot. You know, the fact that these people worked on Republican campaigns, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh my God, well, it's a witch hunt on Fauci. Because well, it's actually, go ahead. That, you know, it, it kind of does say a lot because it's, we're in such a hyper politicized environment that we have here in America that people's own sides don't call them out for their faults. Does that make sense? That it only takes that it always takes the other side calling it out, and then it creates this like we vilified each side has vilified the other side so much to the fact that when one side does call the other side out, it immediately makes you think that it's all oh, this must be like a political hit job. You know what? Because there's no accountability within parties of themselves. Yeah, your 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 point is well taken based on the way that I received this information. As just a, as just a, as just a person. My first thought was, that's how fucked up we are right now. My first thought was, was, is this a Republican hit job? That mm-hmm. was my first thought. That shouldn't be my first thought. I'm no, actually glad you just, I, I just had an epiphany right now. I'm glad you just pointed <laughs> that out because the fact that my first thought was, is this a Republican hit job is fucked up. That that's the first question I should ask that we're so distrustful. Of reporting in this country, of mainstream media, that my first thought was, "Oh, it must have been. It must be Republicans trying to take down Fauci." Even though I don't like Anthony Fauci, <laughs> I actually yeah, my uh, my monologue I almost wrote was uh, like how treating Fauci, like the do- the dogma, like the dogmatic, like aura around him destroys accountability because the way he's politicized that like the left and the right, how the way they treat them and how each side treats people and they prop them up on their own side. It creates a fog around them to where people don't see like their flaws and their shortcomings because of the fact that it's all about the party. It's all about. Yeah. It's this idea that you, you, you know, if you hate Donald Trump, you have to love Anthony Fauci because Anthony Fauci is anti Donald Trump. Even though right. he worked under Donald Trump, <laughs> but that was the and whole he thing. Took advantage, was... Go he ahead. took advantage of Trump uh, dropping the uh, sunset clause on gain of function in 2017 too. Oh, can't say that. That's actually going to be coming up uh, in my monologue. I'll give I'll, I'll give people <laughs> a sneak preview here. My monologue. I'll give you the title, and you tell me if you want to uh, tune into the end of the show. The title of my monologue is "Conspiracy Theories Then Versus Now." Uh, that'll be a good one. Corey's already intrigued. He wants to know. I'm intrigued. I, I like listen. <laughs> I like listening to the conspiracy theories, mostly because I like to try to debunk them. I look at it as like a like a game. It's like, all right, well, how is this one bullshit? 
But every once in a while, like Jeffrey Epstein, that's one that I still honestly believe. <laughs> I still think that that motherfucker was murdered. Because it mathematically makes sense, right? I, I actually yeah. hope we can have this gentleman. I'm not going to name his name because I don't know if he wants his name uh, thrown out there. But uh, I was in a cohort with a young man that uh, basically did data analytics. Uh, one, one of his hobbies, I mean, he, he does data analytics and, and some other stuff. He's way fucking smarter than me. So if we ever have him on the show, I'll let, you, I'll let him tell you what he does. Uh, but one of the things that he likes to do is process data for the uh, uh, odds that a conspiracy theory is actually real. Like, like he basically, yeah, he basically, stuff. probability, he puts conspiracy theory into a mathematical equation, essentially, which I think is fucking brilliant. So yeah. th- the examples that he gives are the chances that, you know, Epstein knew something about someone, whether it's Trump, whether it's the Clintons, doesn't really fucking matter, and was murdered versus, you know, whether the election was stolen, the, the amount of variables that go into the election being stolen versus the amount of variables that Epstein knew something and was murdered are entirely different. I'm pretty sure I'd have to have him tell you. We got to get him on the show. Uh, he actually broke it down into mathematical odds. And I'm this is not a direct quote from him, but I want to say he said something like the odds that uh, Epstein was murdered because he knew something. It was something like 12 to one, which is not terrible odds. Like I would place a bet on a small bet on that. And then the odds that the election, that there was some giant conspiracy that the 2020 election was stolen was something like six million or something to one. So, like, <laughs> you, you, you can obviously tell that, like, there's a reason that more people believe that Epstein was murdered than believe that uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats stole the election. Just right. mathematically, it makes sense. And I'm not a math. It does. I'm, one of, I'm so weird. Like, I'm one of those. I'm intrigued by math, but I'm terrible at it. <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> It does make sense, but hey, before we uh, keep Get too moving far off on, the rails, what uh, what are you what are you uh, sipping on oh, over shit. there, Dan? People have been watching me do this. I am I'm stick I'm staying away from the hard stuff tonight. I I'm am drinking the hard if, stuff. People from uh, our listener from Michigan will recognize uh, the uh, B forty three India Pale Ale from Old Nation. Uh, this is my favorite beer on planet Earth. One because I'm B forty threes. Yeah, I'm a low carb guy, or at least I try to be. I don't don't get me wrong, I love carbs, but I don't want to get fat, so I stay away from them a little bit. What city are they out of again? I forget. Old Nation, I want to say it's on the west side of the state. Was it like not maybe New Holland? Not or, New Holland. Uh, um, I could look. Or it not up. New Holland Brewing, but like Holland. There's uh Grand Haven. I want to say they're from the Muskegon area. Okay. Uh, but they uh, they are the first people to invent a that i know of maybe there's somebody out of the state but that i know of that has invented an ipa which is my favorite type of beer that is only three three carbs per can and people hear that be like like beer aficionados hear that and they go almost tastes like shit it is the most goddamn delicious beer i have ever had in my life it's my favorite time i'm developing that one for sure i I'm drinking some George Remus bourbon. Now, have you ever heard of George Remus? I have not, but it sounds like a Ghostbuster. Oh, that's Harold Remus. That's right. <laughs> uh, so George Remus, he was, um, I believe originally, he was a lawyer or something. But it was like a lawyer. He did something like <laughs> white something. collar. But uh, once the... Uh, 
the prohibition started, he realized how much money could be made in it. So he started to bootleg and started making bourbon and stuff like that. And what's interesting, the reason why I thought this one was really interesting, and it's actually like a really smooth bourbon. It's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good fucking bourbon. But so allegedly, the legend goes that the great Gatsby is based off of George Remus. That he was this super rich guy, and then he bootlegged like the a shit ton of areas to the country, and because he was like a lawyer or whatever, he was able to get out of a lot of it. And he like went to school, like like the story of the Great Gatsby. Remember, he went to Oxford, and he threw extravagant parties at his house, and that when people would come, like he would just give everyone these ridiculous gifts, like new cars and stuff, when they'd come to his parties and stuff. And it's it's uh, the legend is that uh. The Great Gatsby is based on George Remus. And The Great Gatsby is actually one of my favorite books. The Great Gatsby today, if it was rewritten, it would be based on Kid Rock. You think it'd be based on Kid Rock? <laughs> Have you seen his house? He has like a he has like a uh, a replica of the White House. Or something That's pretty funny. Somewhere in Texas. That he, it's, it's great. By the way, Old Nation, uh, the Michigan people are going to lose their shit. How can that be your favorite beer? And you don't even know where the fuck it is. It's in the Lansing area. Ah, okay. So it's kind of out by, uh, I guess, is Lansing? No, Lansing's not near GR. Just, GR is, uh, Grand Rapids is uh, Beer City, USA. It sure is. That's 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 why we always just assume that all these places are out there. Or, no, uh, yeah, out in Lansing. It's it's in, e- yeah, it's, it's, either, it's either Detroit, Grand Rapids, Holland, you know. Or you got shorts like up in Traverse City. Or Traverse City, yeah, or Traverse City. Those are all the big ones. That's where all the big poppin', uh breweries are williamston michigan that's where uh old nation williamston michigan a city that i have never been to (laughs) (laughs) so uh what did we have oh did you notice yeah did you notice my homemade go shirt my wife made me the tie-dye shirt are you wearing that are you wearing that specifically for the show or is that something you're going to break out again on halloween where where it's where it's going to rain because here in michigan it always rains on halloween it's the nearest episode of Halloween, so I figured I'd throw out the spirit of Halloween. I thought about maybe wearing something, but meanwhile, I'm I wearing pink blue and shirt. blue plaid. What are you supposed to be for Halloween? Just the lily white suburbanite from Madison Heights. Oh, I don't want to say anything politically <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> He's Freddie Mercury. Plaid. Freddie Mercury. Did he wear plaid? No, he did not. You always wear, <laughs> did you always wear a white T-shirt and jeans, like like skin tight jeans? So, so you're Freddie Mercury if you decide to wear a plaid shirt that day. I guess <laughs> that's what you should be for Halloween. Yeah, Freddie Mercury if you wore some different clothes. I was trying to make an a good faith joke about the gays, Corey Walsh. <laughs> Sorry that I butchered it. It just destroyed it that's for you. That's not allowed. Wait, is, is, are they still a protected class? Are you still allowed to joke about? Gay, are you allowed to joke about gay people again? Is that like a thing? I don't know. The door, the door is blown wide open because of Dave Chappelle. Fantastic, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I just want to be able to make fun of everyone without being canceled. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. I think that's kind of the idea of comedy. Not that think. we're comedians because we're not funny at all. I like to think some of my twitters are my some of my tweets are witty. <laughs> you just you, you sounded like such a boomer right there. I like to think some of my twitters are funny. <laughs> I like to think that my tweets are humorous. 
Some of my Twitters oh, are good. One thing that we didn't get to bring up, uh, we meant to bring it up last week, but we didn't. We had some sloppy seconds. So we were talking about ivermectin, and uh, we were saying that there was no studies going on about it. And we were just pulled off Facebook. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, they, uh, they're they doing studies for it in, what was that, South Carolina, North Carolina? Yeah, I, I actually want to offer a mea culpa, because I am one of those people... That like if I'm gonna get on this show and I'm gonna shit on people for not admitting when they're wrong and not admit when I'm wrong myself, well then we're gonna stop doing this show. Because I think it was a couple of weeks ago I had said that there was no research in America being done on the effects of ivermectin on COVID nineteen while it's being done overseas and in different countries. And according to Sanjay Gupta on the uh Joe Rogan episode. He had mentioned that it is being done in the, I don't, you can, maybe you know more, Corey, but in one of the Carolinas, I don't know if it's the universities that are doing it. It's I don't one know, of the two. I don't give a shit as long as it's being done. But I right. will, I will say this slow the fuck down because you were the last to do it. <laughs> you still were the last to do it. Like it's good to know that it's being done. And look, right. I'm not one of these people that's going to die on this weird hill of, it definitely works, and like it's political and yeah, right now at best it's inconclusive, at worst it's ineffective. I just want to know, and if it, if it turns out, and if like if it actually turns out that it doesn't work, that's awesome. But like for the longest time, there was this idea that uh, you know there was outside anything that's outside of the vaccine, we have to say that it doesn't work. And I just right. want to know the truth. Or else you're a conspiracy theorist and it's yeah. dangerous talk. But that's all. They would just I figure that if we can our corrections instead of calling them retractions, which I have another retraction for you, I'll bring up in a second. Thank you for wrangling me in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll call them sloppy seconds, right? Yeah, I like that. I like that name for them. Um, another little sloppy second done by the New York Times. Did you hear about? Uh, they had an article come out by this by their doctor or whatever that said nine hundred thousand kids were hospitalized between August 2020 and October 2021. And it was a vast overestimation based on God only knows what type of data that this chick had. But it was actually only 63,000. I saw I saw something about it. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you, Corey. I didn't dig too terribly deep into it. But I couldn't read the article because of the goddamn paywall on ah, New York paywall. Times. I tried to find shit about it. But, uh, but yeah, they, she came out. Fly. Got she him. came out and was like, you're 900,000 kids because we're hospitalized. And it was like, oh, wait, no, it was only 63,000, which is still a big number. So and wasn't it, it wasn't, people. wasn't there like all of the, almost all, like 90% of those kids. I'm, I'm not, don't quote me on that number. I'm just throwing out a number to try and figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Didn't like 90% of them have like legitimate comorbidities. I'm sure. But you know I'm what's funny is like when you mentioned that though, you I don't you, want to do a sloppy second, so I'm not going to say anything definitive. We'll just we'll just say a significant <laughs> percentage. Is that fair? Less than ten, <laughs> or more than ten, less than ninety. Yeah, a, a not a not so meaningless percentage of those children had <laughs> had had, uh, had comorbidities. But you know what's funny is like I've noticed that like when you say things like that. When you go, when when you bring up the data, and, and Corey and I have both admitted just now that we don't have the data in front of us when it comes to these children. But 
When you bring up the data that suggests that comorbidities play a major role in COVID deaths, that somehow the way that's turned back around on you is that you don't care about those people with those comorbidities. You're trivializing them and turning them into a, and turning them into a statistic. Well, science is objective, so you look at objective facts, and if comorbidities are a variable that make the the disease far more vastly deadly, then it's something worth mentioning. You know? Yeah, what are we Sorry. supposed to do? What are we supposed <laughs> to? Do? I am my one, one of my one of my good buddies had his dad pass away from COVID uh, probably about a year ago now. Oh, you want to hear something fucked up real quick? Sure. All right, so, um, remember me last week? We talked about how my parents just came down with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So. They, you know, they're both retired. They work part time. They're at a uh, RV resort, living their best life out in the, the boonies, you know. So the family that came up, I don't even know if I should be saying this on air. <laughs> Go the after family, it. The family that a uh, family came up there, knowing that they had COVID, and they um had a Halloween weekend where everyone goes from campground or campsite to campsite, you know, and hand, passes out candy and stuff like that, and. So this family came up knowing that they had COVID and walked around and grabbed candy. And they're the ones that gave it to my parents. Like my parents were passing out cider and donuts. And then while they were up there, they gave COVID to a bunch of people. And the dad died in his camper. That weekend? Up there. That weekend. See, that's fucked up. That's really fucked up, right? Like, why Why are you... Why, how can you be so... Like, I understand... Being <laughs> we might against, have just blown the lid off this, because I was like, oh my man, God, if the left-wing no. media caught wind of that, it would have been a shitstorm. 100%. And, 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 and it, is, it is totally... It is, it is totally fucked up, because how can you be so... I totally understand being against vaccine mandates, right? Like, I'm a guy who's vaccinated. That is, to, that is 100% against vaccine mandates. But how can you be so against this? Uh, He's what, what, I'm just, it's yeah, not real. Yeah, whether, whether it's like these people are still in denial that COVID exists <clears throat> to the point where they know they have COVID and they go and they fucking spread. Like, if you go, if you know you have COVID and you go and you like go out in public and spread it around, knowing you have it, you're a piece of shit. Like, like yeah. I'm not even gonna like try and pretend that there's if like. You don't some know you have it. It that. actually happens. Then yeah, like you could feel that's bad. different. It's like you know, but like just the walking around like do do do, like a jackass. But that is that Damn. is like that's like this this that's just this this in between thing that I I can't seem to get over because that's one of those situations like you said that that would be like used. By mainstream media on the left is like this is how everybody that won't get vaccinated is. They're all oh, like yeah. this. Yeah, yes, yep. And we know that's not true. I, I know, in, including yourself, Corey. When, I know a lot of people that aren't vaccinated. That if they if they got COVID knowingly, even now, even like not necessarily knowing they have COVID, but like if they feel a little sick, knowing that COVID is an actual thing, they would fucking stay home. Yeah, like when I went back to work after a couple of days of having the flu, when I tested negative for COVID, knowing I didn't even have COVID, when I was at work on that Friday and like there was like drainage and stuff and I had a little bit of cough, cough and everything up, I wore a mask at work just out of respect for my coworkers. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fair. You know, just because I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be coughing. I don't want to make these people uncomfortable. So I wore a mask. Yeah. Just to make everyone else feel better. 
Yeah, I, I just can't imagine if you're going to go to the point of knowing you have COVID and still going out. You're a piece of shit. I, I, have, I have no, I have no, I have no defense for that. I have no defense. We have to have for a sound bite, like a fart sound for when we call someone a piece of shit that just goes, <laughs> <laughs> or like a toilet flushing sound. Oh man! Even though uh, certain people probably listen to this podcast and think we're right wing conspiracy theorists, it's okay. How woke is too woke, Dan? Perfect how segment woke? into our right wing conspiracy theories. How woke <laughs> is too woke, Corey Walsh? I can tell you how woke is too woke. And you're the one who gave me. You're the one who came up with a segment, but I'm going to steal it from you, and I'm going to say Michael Myers is a homophobe. That <laughs> is too woke, and not Michael Myers, that the actor, not Mike Myers, <laughs> not, not Mike Austin Myers. Powers, not Austin Powers. He's we're, not. We're talking about the murderer from the from the uh, the horror films, Michael Myers. Yeah, I'm looking at a UK news for Yahoo. And the uh, the title of the article is Halloween's Bone Chilling Villain Mike in New Film. <laughs> I've seen the film. Yeah, tell Corey. me what you have not happens, seen the film. I haven't. I can tell you right spoiler now. Spoiler alert! The f- oh, spoiler is this, is this a part of the plot? Like, is this a huge? Yes, it absolutely plot is. Spoiler really? alert: the film is trash. Like that's <laughs> that's it. <laughs> It's. I mean, I'm one of those people who watches horror movies to laugh at them, like because they always are ridiculous. But you can you can always tell when a when a horror film is trying to be a horror film, and you can also tell when a horror film is a horror film, but also trying to be being funny. intentionally campy. Yeah, and this was like it was just another one of those Halloween movies where they were trying to be. A real horror film, and it was just not. It was garbage. Jamie Lee Curtis looked like Sigourney Weaver. It was Sigourney Weaver in a hospital bed. It was very odd to watch. But I, I, I'm going to give spoilers. If you if you want to see the movie, I don't fucking care. I'm going to say it anyway. You can turn the <laughs> podcast off. So we all we all know. I think anyone's actually going to pause this and go, mm, well, can't listen to that yeah, episode I see until I see the new Halloween movie. Got to see the film right after I watch Dune. Uh, <laughs> so, so if you're a if you're a fan of the Halloween flicks, Michael Myers always goes home. We know this, right? He always goes to the childhood house. And then like every time you watch the movie, you're expected to not know that he's going to go back to the Myers house. So in this film, a homosexual couple is cast as the people that have bought and live in the Myers home. So as soon as you realize that these are the people that live in the Myers home, they are you going. That the property values went up. Because <laughs> that's, that's actually about... a real thing, right? You know I, that, I, right? That was like I don't know about Wisconsin. Oh, <laughs> was but... it Kenosha? It's something like that, yeah. One of those towns. That's <laughs> where that's where the films always. That's where the Halloween films have always been. But you already know that whoever lives in that house is going to fucking die always. So I'm I'm sitting here and I'm going. These guys are gonna die. These homosexuals, they're they're gonna die. They're gonna die in this movie. I knew that. Anybody that watches a Halloween film or have, has ever watched a Halloween film should know. That whoever lives in that house is going to die. I didn't think anything of it, Corey. And then all of a sudden, all over Twitter, 
Michael Myers is now a homophobe. He's not a serial killer. And he, <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> like, that's not the sticking point. The fact that he just murders people. The fact that he, I think his kill count is up to like 300 or something like that between all of the movies. Forget about right. that. The fact that he, oh my God, he couldn't. He Kids, couldn't even, women. He should have spared the same sex couple that was living in his house. And and my whole point was like, when I when I read this, I was like, so you're telling me that the makers of this film intentionally wrote in a gay couple and to appear of- more woke. <laughs> and and then- <laughs> into a horror film with a serial killer, and then they get killed by the serial killer, and the serial killer is a homophobe. You can't make it up. You can't make it. I look how they, my favorite thing too is they didn't attack the writers; they attacked the fucking Michael Myers. <laughs> they attacked the guy who escaped from a mental hospital in a in a uh, the original movie. It was a uh, you know like if you look up like the history of the movie or whatever. I know this actually; it's a little fun fact about the movie. It was a William Shatner mask that they just stretched out and like, yeah. fucked up. <laughs> so. That motherfucker is a homophobe, Dan. <laughs> I mean, I hope that that's just. I I think that's. I God, I hope that that's just the fakeness of Twitter. Yeah, well, that's Twitter in a nutshell. I I did see. I did see somebody mention on Reddit that. Uh, it, oh, here's the butterfly effect. Um, I don't know if this is a man or a woman or a they or a zim or a zer. I don't care. Um, this person said. Better I'm care. almost entirely sure this was started as a trolling thing and made bigger by people thinking it was real. And I saw <laughs> that and they went, that is entirely possible. Because somebody responded with, it was- that's Twitter in a nutshell. Oh, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember when uh, when all the riots were happening and the protests and stuff in, uh, during the summer? Um when people were trolling and saying they need to get rid of uh, the dog, the police dog from Paw Patrol, <laughs> that he was going to be canceled, <laughs> and all the right people were freaking out. People on the people on the right were like, "No, we got to save the dog." So, so Corey, what you're telling me is that, like, when people say the left can't meme, does this mean the right can't Reddit? Yeah, apparently, <laughs> yeah, the right because- can't interpret. What satire. sarcasm is and satire? They didn't Nobody do the slash can, S. Though. That's 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 not that's not oh, just it's a, a right beautiful thing. thing, isn't it? Oh, I know it's so funny. Oh, satire is sat. I hope it's satire. I really do because it's the most ridiculous thing I've heard in quite some time. That Michael Myers <laughs> is a homophobe. Michael Myers is a psychopath that doesn't have a have time to give a shit about who he's murdering. <laughs> he just murders whoever the fuck you want for whoever's in front of him. Oh, that was fun. I got some good news. Yeah, what's the good news? All right, so this is the Washington Post. It's uh, the Fed overhauls trading rules for senior officials amid scrutiny of policymakers' past behavior. So the central bank is also under an independent inspector. Oh, yeah, so we were talking about this before we got on the air. The central bank is under an independent inspector general investigation probing whether officials' behavior violated ethics rules and the law. So... The f- all these people who work for the Fed, you know, the one who are the ones who are in charge of our monetary policy, of deciding like the interest rates, how much money is going to be pumped into the economy, and things like that. Yeah, uh, we're the ones that 
or all had stocks and stuff like that. And so scrutiny on the central bank intensified since two Fed regional bank presidents, Robert Kaplan and Eric Rosengren, exited their posts last month amid revelations of their trades during the pandemic. Kaplan's trading activity included 27 individual stocks, funds or alternative asset holdings, each valued at more than $1 million. So $27 million, if I'm reading that correctly, is money he was moving around. Just count the zeros, Corey. Rosengren's uh, trading activities were on a much smaller scale, but included stakes in four real estate investment trusts at a time when Rosenberg was publicly raising concerns for the commercial real estate sector. So these guys are literally like, if they fart in the wrong direction, they can tank the the stock market. And then they're just dropping breadcrumbs on different things and then trading based on the things that they're saying. And so now that they're trying, so let me see if I can find what the new stipulations are. Okay, so so to so that to help correct this, the policymakers and senior staff will have to give forty five days in advance notice before any purchases and sales of securities. They will also have to obtain prior approval for purchases and sales of securities from the Fed's ethics officials. And they must hold investments for at least one year. Um, I mean, and they won't be allowed to trade during heightened financial markets of market stress. I guess that's really a nice gesture. However, how do you prevent these people from going to a really good friend and or going to their yeah, wife no, I mean, or going the, to and, and and making these trades on their behalf? The cynicism is justified because of the fact that they got to this point, you know, I mean, like right now on TikTok, there's a bunch of kids who trade based on Congress members trading. They don't follow the businesses. They don't follow market trends. They don't follow uh, the economy or inflation or anything else. They buy and sell based on what people in Congress do because of the freedom of information that our Congress members have to let everyone know like what they buy and sell when it comes to their stocks. So there's these these young kids that are buying and selling stocks based on things like Nancy Pelosi, and they're doing a really fucking good job. With oh, but stocks. that was her husband. That wasn't her. Right. But yeah, so the stricter requirements mean that officials would not be allowed to purchase individual stocks, hold investments in individual bonds, hold investments in agency securities, or enter into derivatives. Fed officials said Thursday that more details would be forthcoming and may take some time given the scope of changes. Nice gesture. I mean, it's a great gesture, and I'm hoping. Call me like, when it works. Right, you know, like how are we going to know if it's working? I guess you know, there's not going to be people following up on this, but there's always workarounds. I'd like to see these same rules made for our people, our elected officials. Here, I'll give you, I'll give you four percent, or I'll give you five percent if you make these trades for me. Five right. percent is probably all it would take, right? Keep it in your name. I mean, I guess that's. I mean. Obviously, because obviously they would have to transfer the funds, but that that's not true because all these people know people that are already wealthy. Like here, make the trades and I'll pay you for them. You know, it's it shouldn't be it, yeah. it won't be that difficult to get around. But it's just if you remember, I wrote that uh, monologue a couple weeks ago about the uh, 131 judges who all got busted doing this same shit, and it's nice to see that at least on paper there's some sort of prog- pro- progress. Because you know I mean, me, yeah. I'm progressive when it comes to pragmatism. 
I don't know. Are I'm progressive just... when it comes to like things that make sense. We talked about the six uh, percent sales tax being revoked on pads for women because for some fucking reason we considered that a luxury item. I'm but just so it's like this, slowly like, become. Oh, I'm just a nihilist, oh Corey. You fucking libertarian. <laughs> Don't you ever call me that again. <laughs> the stream just ends. <laughs> it's We're out of here. by myself. Dan's not answering his calls. So. What do we got for red pill, blue pill, Corey? Ooh, red pill, blue pill. We're going to dive deep into this one because this, is like, this has a lot of meat to it. So <laughs> I just realized that. Uh, so it's about Kyle Rittenhouse. I just realized that when I have it written down, it autocorrected it to Rotten House. So Kyle Rottenhouse. <laughs> but so for anyone that knows, there was this kid, 17 years old, minor. He lived in Illinois and is, and then uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, um, I forget the guy's name. He got shot by police. He didn't die, but he's paralyzed. But it was right in the height of like when everyone was just out in the streets for uh, about police injustice and just social in- or just injustice in general. And uh, so everyone was out there protesting this kid being shot. And so he went out there. He had a friend buy him an AR because he was underage. And then that friend invited him out to Kenosha to help him defend his business. So this kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, is out in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I don't know what exactly happens, but there's a ton of videos of it. He got separated from his little crew. And... There was a bunch of fucking, I don't know, I want to say kind of crazy people that saw, like, and I call them crazy because of the fact that the kid's walking around with an AR and they decided to, like, try to chase him and, like, like do bodily harm to him. One guy was pushing him and shoving him and tried to take his gun from him. And so Kyle shot him. His name was Rosenbaum. And the guy was actually... When you look up the guy, he was actually like kind of an unhinged person who was off his meds, had sexual or not sexual person who was off his meds, had sexual or not sexual. But like, like he uh, he definitely had like assault charges against him and stuff. He shot that guy when the guy tried to do bodily harm to him, and then he tried to run. And then when he was running, uh, a whole group of people were chasing him. And then he tripped, and then they tried to get to him. And when he was on the ground, he shot again, shot another person. Another person tried to pull out a pistol to shoot him, and he shot that person too, and then ran and went to the police, and then turned himself in and whatnot. And so now, this was like about a year ago, but now his court case is coming up, so everyone's talking about it again. And so the red pill, the blue pill is, the red pill is, it was self-defense. And the blue pill is he's a murderer and he was out there for blood just to kill people. When he was initially there, you know, the facts are facts. He says that he was there to defend a business. And so, I don't know, I guess, what what what, uh, what, what side you taking? He had to bring this one to me today, Corey Walsh. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of a tricky one. It's, and, if you're going to be trying to be objective just, about you it. You can't be objective about it. Only because, what what I mean is... The way what you what you say is interpreted, you can't be objective about it. It has to be kind of one thing or the other. So you look at this thing and you go, "It's really fucking stupid for this kid to be where he was." It was it was stupid. It was absolutely stupid for him to grab his yeah, gun 100%. and for him to drive to another state 
to you know you, to, to 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 be in that situation. So you can look at this and you can go, "Oh, why was he in that situation?" And you can look at it and you can go, "Well, he pulled the trigger. He pulled the trigger, and the result of him pulling that trigger resulted in people dying, right?" But then you can also look at what the video says, which is that he was. For the most part, he was kind of minding his own business, and, and he was being yeah. accosted, if you want to go that far, but uh, by, by other people, and and shot in self defense. Uh, it's 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 so difficult, and this case is going to suck so much for a couple of reasons. One, because it's it's so back and forth as to where your opinion can go with with this, and. How do you how do you view it objectively? But also, it's going to be hard for the state to convict him because of everything we just talked about, but also because Wisconsin law states that when somebody claims self-defense, the burden of proof is on the state to prove that it was not self-defense. Yep. And Wisconsin is a standard ground state, standard ground law. Like Michigan. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, Um, boy, there's a good chance he walks. They're just, just, just. I think he's going to walk. I think what he'll get slapped with is being a minor in possession of a rifle. But then what happens when he walks? Do we see more riots? I don't know. Are people going to try to go after him because the motherfucker has an AR that he's not afraid to use? Two white guys. Sitting here talking about this. The reason this whole conflict started was over a black man being murdered by police. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, he wasn't murdered. Assaulted by police. He's just paralyzed. Uh, Yes. But now, I can't remember which case it was, which is sad. And that just goes to show you how many goddamn poor black people are just fucked with by cops. Blake? I don't remember... Was it the Blake one? The one where he tried to go for the car when they told him to stop? Too many of them. Really I'm going to look it up for you real quick. And it was just bad policing. And it was just bad policing. Yeah. Ultimately, it was just bad policing where they should have just tackled his ass, tased him, maced him. But instead, they just sh- they let him walk all the way around the car. Jacob Blake. Yep. 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 And then shot at him when there were kids in the car. That one, right? Yeah. So bad policing. Absolutely. Reasonable. I mean, whether or not the guy was supposed to be at that house, this and that. Bad policing for just opening fire on this guy when there was like seven of you there. You could have tased him. You could have tackled him. But instead, they just shot at him when he was getting into a car with children in it. I think that's bad policing. Should there have been protests? Probably. I think it's important that we hold our police to a higher standard. But I don't necessarily know if the guy was 100% innocent. He, You know what I mean? Uh but that's beside the fact that's that was the preload that led up to this. We're talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. And so Kyle Rittenhouse, he went there, he shot two three people and killed two of them. And with Wisconsin stand your ground law, when you look at the videos, it looks like it was self defense. He was retreating. He wasn't running people down. He wasn't like that asshole. That's what makes it so tough. Is like because you look at him, you, you look at this kid, and you go, "You're a fucking idiot. Why were you there? You shouldn't have been there." 
Right, yeah, fucking jackass for going there. Yeah, but you know what? Ultimately, 100%. Being a dumbass. Uh, Corey, isn't I think I'm going to we got 2 days left in the month. I'm going to take my bullet. I'm actually I'm actually going to take my bullet. I, I don't want to pick a side oh, really? on this. Because Kyle <laughs> you going to take one from Alec Baldwin or one from Kyle Rittenhouse? Uh, I'll take it from Baldwin cuz he might miss. Yeah, no. Kyle Rittenhouse seems to be a pretty. I just, I can't, I can't, (laughs) I can't bring myself to say that it was self defense, and I can't bring myself to say that it was murder. I can't bring myself to say either of those things, and that's what's going to make this case so fucking difficult. I'm with you, Corey. I think ultimately, based on Wisconsin law, this kid's going to walk, and it's it's not going to be a pretty thing. It's not. Yeah. And you know what? Because it's based on Wisconsin law, I think I am going to take the red pill on this one. I think he's a dumbass. I think he's a <laughs> he's going to be a piece of shit. I hope he never turns out ended up being a cop or anything like that. I hope that he ends up being a George Zimmerman and he just gets this stain on the life stain on him for the rest of his life. And I hope that having to murder people is something that really weighs on him. That he's going to not put himself in these dumbass positions again, 17 years old. What the fuck are you thinking you are to be some white knight going down there to save some business? That's fucking stupid. It's dumb. Completely dumb. Me as a, you know, CPL gun owner, one of the first things you want to, one of the first things you learn is don't put yourself in that position. Don't put yourself in a position where you have to use your firearm. You know what I mean? Let somebody else put you in that position. Yeah. You're over there flexing. What do you think is going to happen? What is that movie, The Poltergeist? You built a house on Indian graveyards. What the hell did you <laughs> yeah. think was going to happen? Like, but yeah, like, but goddamn, you know, like, ultimately, you'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6. They would kill him. They were going to fucking kill him. You know what I mean? Like, those people, like, like one of the people that he shot was pulling a pistol to fucking shoot him. Do we know that for sure? The picture of him has a gun in his hand when he gets clapped and gets hit right in the arm. I mean, I had to ask the question because this is going to be viewed it. by people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. No, that's for sure. Someone tried to pull a pistol at him. Like they, like, they were trying to do bodily harm to him, and he defended himself. But he shouldn't have fucking been there in the first place. That's my caveat. Is like, you're a fucking dumbass. You shouldn't have been there. But it was ultimately... According to Wisconsin law. Oh, you're canceled now, Corey. Self-defense. You are. And people are going to lose their fucking You can't say that it was self-defense, but he was also a piece of shit. You can't have it both ways. (laughs) You can be a piece of shit and still defend yourself. Alec Baldwin? Oh, he wasn't defending you know himself. What I mean? That wasn't self-defense. (laughs) Was that self-defense? Was that (laughs) self-defense? You... you I think it was. I think New Mexico has standard gun laws. Alec Baldwin. You went might to, be you able went to, to the people on this defense. one, Corey. You forgot. Oh, I did. You did, and you did. I did. I did. I got. There's. You know, a lot of the answers are really yeah, long. Just, like our whole conversation. Just abbreviate them. But it looks like a lot of people are kind of just. Yeah, I mean, a lot of read people. It, it looks it like, like a, kind read of it like a boomer had, would the say. Kid's it. a fucking dumbass, but it was. <laughs> a lot of, a lot uh, of them are boomers. There's no boomers on Reddit. I can find you. I blame people are blaming the uh, Kenosha police for letting all of it, letting what happened That's in the city silly. happen. 
Bottom line, Kenosha PD allowed the entire town to turn into a bucket of gasoline. Did they? How many? How many Kenosha police um, officers are there? Seven. <laughs> I don't know. Kenosha's a small town. He was a well-intentioned, albeit naive, kid who attacked by not who was attacked by not so well-intentioned individuals and had to defend himself justifiably and is now being railroaded by the media corporations because it makes for a juicy story. If news corporations were into telling the truth and not sensationalization, the story wouldn't be a very high-profile interesting, which I disagree with. This is a very high-profile I partially agree with what he said, with what that Redditor said. He was about to be murdered. It was self-defense. Is a shitty situation. He shouldn't have been there. Or should he have been there? Probably not. But in that situation, I would have done the same thing. See, here's what's interesting. You've only read a few of these. And already, 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 I'm sensing Uh, that that these Redditors, for the most part, have the same opinion that that, that you and I do. But this is not what, this is not how it's portrayed in the mainstream media. This is not what you're led to believe. You're led to believe that either this kid is a piece of shit murderer. Or he was completely justified. Could you say he was justified in in pulling the trigger? I guess. But again, should he have been there in the first place? That's the part you're not going to get from the media narrative on the right. Right. He's a dumbass. He's a dumbass. And hey, you and I were dumbasses when we were 17, too. Would I ever have dreamed of grabbing a firearm and going to another state (laughs) to, quote-unquote, defend a business? Not in a million years. I was not that big of a dumbass, even at 17. The miner went to another state, was given a rifle, and told to patrol the street. He was woefully underqualified to be there. As a result, he shot a man in cold blood and killed him. When other people saw this... He he was then forced to defend himself in what became a shootout on the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin, injuring another person. Every person in this scenario is fucking wrong. Which is right. Yeah, everyone in this scenario is wrong. But the law is on Kyle Rittenhouse's side. And laws and what's what's interesting too is like objectively, cases like this set precedent. And a case like this might be referenced when someone else is walking, minding their own business with a CPL and someone tries to accost them and they end up defending themselves. And because of a precedent of a case like this, that person might actually be able to go home and see their and family the, and, the, and not we, go to we can't forget for that like, the thing that makes this so shitty is this, this was all based on the reaction of the way a black man was treated by the police. And th- that that is ultimately what Mm-hmm. what pushes each narrative, right? Whether you're looking at the left narrative or the right narrative, that's where the whole thing started. And so if you try to say that Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself while also saying that he's a dumbass for being there in the first place, they don't hear that. That part's unheard. You don't hear that part. All you hear is yeah. you're a racist. <clears throat> You're a racist for that. Yeah. Yeah, and so like, a lot of these are just the same. Like, it's he's a psychotic kid with a hero complex who was hoping to shoot someone so badly he went to a different state looking for trouble. Someone's like 20 minutes from home to a town he worked in. <laughs> Does that state border really matter? It definitely Which matters. Which is really funny because now all of a sudden, <laughs> yes, it does matter. 
Which is really funny, though, because then all of a sudden, when it comes to it being a beneficial part of an argument, ah, see, that's fair. Now you're now you now you've flipped it around. Now, if you're a Kyle Rittenhouse supporter, you're a fucking globalist. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking so libertarian good. borders don't matter. Because that's 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 a funny thing, isn't it? That libertarians are actually kind of like about like anti-border. That you, as a free, independent person with liberty, should be able to come and go as you please. I'm taking the bullet. You're swallowing the red pill. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I'll take the red pill on that one. Only we because are an hour yeah. and three in. Uh, we are an hour. Shall and three we get in. to our monologues? Yeah. Why not? I'm gonna let you go first, Corey. Okay. Because mine is. Yeah, we could talk about the New Jersey governor next week. Borderline cancelable. Um, you said that last time, and you're still here. I mean, you're you're you had you had a friend. I'm not gonna mention which one it was that said they didn't like it. <laughs> Haters make you famous, Dan. God forbid I have an opinion. <clears throat> All right, so oh, we also have yeah. So I mean, he uh, to be fair, he didn't say I couldn't have an opinion. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Uh, he disagreed with your opinion, and that's the American way. So Ray Epps, Fair. we also have the Ray Epps, Mike Massey, Merrick Garland thing. We can play that next week. I have a little clip for that. Um, at the Caitlyn Jenner question, we can do that next week. That's not time sensitive. And then uh, the January 6th people representing themselves, which is hilarious. So we can talk about that next week. We're already an hour in. So yeah, let's get to our monologues. You want me to go first? Go ahead. All right. <clears throat> Let me take a little... Little sip of this. Uh, this I don't mean to be a jerk. It'll take me like 15 seconds, but I'm actually going to run down and grab another beer. You can go ahead and start. I'll come back to it. Well, actually, what I'll do then, I'll just wait for don't you. Don't do that. I'll wait for you. I'll just sit here in silence. Go- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that sounds silly. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> How did the word patriot get so trivialized? While scrolling through the old book of face during my part, contributing to the incessant chaos of hyperpartisan, ill-informed, trivial tit-for-tats that plagued the platform that I once used to hit on chicks, I came across the video. This particular video was a campaign ad. The ad was for a 2A man who served in the military that was running for Congress. A man who no doubt put his life on the line for you and I. No matter where the powers that be sent him, I believe this man to be someone who puts service above self for love of country and the way of life we have here. Watching this ad, you see a man fire his what looked like a Sigmauer M17 or M18 off the camera twice. Holster his gun and then turn to the camera, something Alec Baldwin honestly should have taken notes on. Too soon? <laughs> Moving on. The man turns to the camera wearing a shirt with Sig Sauer on it. In uh, with Sig Sauer on it, in, with an American in American flag font, and gives his tw- little twenty second pitch, something along the lines of "I served." The second Second Amendment is under attack, and if you want to save it, send me to Congress. I'll fight for it. A super cam- a super vague campaign pitch, to say the least, that was barely mentioned, with conservative values in the description. But that's about it. Still, this ad had tons of likes and views, so it was arguably effective. This veteran did a bang-up job at ticking off all the checkboxes needed to pander to the voter base he was trying to build. Guns? Check. American flag? Check. Mentioning freedom without explaining the concept? Checked. Veteran? Check. 
Hell, he even had on the sunglasses. All put together, it was a wet dream for a a right-winger who has the grasp of a newborn when it comes to the term patriot, let alone love and respect for the Constitution. This had me intrigued. I decided to sneak a peek at the comments, already knowing what was in store. Wish you were running in my state. Or, we need more men like you running for office. And my favorite, the one that inspired this writing. It's good to see American patriots running. American patriot. I'll bet the man running is one. I wouldn't doubt it one bit, but he's not the one on trial here. It's the lemmings who get fired up over inanimate objects, platitudes, and tropes without an ounce of substance getting all fired up, drooling, ready to throw their sacred votes at a guy knowing nothing about him other than owning a badass gun. For Christ's sake, we don't even know if he was good a good shot as the target that he was aiming for was off the screen. This all-sizzle and no-stake video was enough to convince people that he's the one for them. Is it really that easy? Have we as Americans trivialized what a patriot is? George Washington once said, guard against the imposters of of pretended patriotism. And I believe that he was talking about instances like this. The man running for office didn't call himself a patriot, but the pandering check marks he def- perfectly clocked got a bunch of lackadaisical thinkers to believe he was knowing believe he was, knowing nothing about him other than he shot a pistol twice. We as Americans are doing ourselves a disservice and only touting to protect one amendment when there are dozens of others that are just as important. Intrinsic, right, intrinsic rights cast aside are only mentioned when beneficial. It is a dispiriting path that we have been marching down in the name of party over country. We as Americans need to come to the realization that this pandering doesn't do us any favors other than getting one over the other side, or one over on the other side. According to the Oxford Dictionary, patriotism is the quality of being patriotic, devotion to and vigorous support for one's country. The subject of this description is patriotism. The object is country. The love of country, not party, but country. Not the love of conservatism or progressivism, right ideology or left ideology, but country. What you agree with and disagree with from your fellow Americans, regardless of which person they voted for or held a, ha, held a sign for, it's country. Patriotism is about the love of country, and I think it's about damn time we get back to that. So I don't know if you heard the beginning of it, but... uh Basically, I saw this YouTube video, and this guy, he fucking literally, you just, it just shows this video, this guy, and the video starts, and he just aims this gun and goes, pow, pow, and then holsters <laughs> it, and then turns to the camera and goes, I am a supporter of the Second Amendment, and I'm going to fight for your rights if you send me to Congress, and that's basically what the video was, and then everyone, all the comments Dude. were like... Isn't that basically what Marjorie Taylor Greene did in that fucking QAnon documentary when they showed her? She's like on the back of a pickup truck and like fires a gun and is like, I'm Marge Green and I'm running for Congress. Like, it's almost like if somebody fires a gun, you're going to vote for him, which I think is kind of your point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, how, how is that any substance? How is that, how is that person going to help you? When it comes to the fiscal policy of like the mouths you're feeding in your houses or like the bridges on your house or foreign policy and like what we do. I think, and, like, I think what I took away from your monologue, Corey, and, and this is actually really important because it's something I think about a lot, which is this, this word patriot has been unbelievably 
weaponized. Bastardized. It's been it's been bastardized. It's been weaponized, and it's been turned into something that if you don't believe what I believe, that somehow that doesn't make you a patriot. A Jimmy Dore leftist and a, you know, Trump conservative, they can both be patriots, Corey. Did you know that? They can both be patriots? Yeah, yeah that's just it. And have different ways of expressing their patriotism. Liberals love this country. That's why they're not leaving like the right tells them to do. They're here to fight for it and try to yeah. make it a little bit better. Conservatives love this country. That's why they're trying to fight it to keep it the same. Both are patriots. Both can be fucking true. Yeah. To, to and, and that's, I think, I feel like that's the way that this, this binary system that we have either Democrat or Republican, I think that's that's the thing that's been lost because I don't even think you have to go back that far. I think you probably go pre-Reagan to come to a point in our history where you never accused somebody from the other side of being anti-American. You could be a Democrat or you could be a, a Republican and you could not like each other and you could you could have you know, ways in, in which you think you could make the country better, things that would make the country better, and the other side could have things that they think would make the country better. But you never you never had this really weird hatred for each other. And it, it it's actually really interesting because I actually just rewatched, I actually didn't finish it because I fell asleep because it's so fucking long, not because it's boring, just because it's long. I rewatched Lincoln the other night. I'm actually going to finish watching it, rewatching it again. I don't think I ever watched that. And... You've never watched Daniel Day-Lewis and Lincoln. Mm -mm. You son of a bitch. I have to. What's it on? You sit here. I mean, you can get it on um, HBO Max now. I think you can definitely get it on. I think it's what I watched. Is that, is that the, maybe it might even be on Hulu. Is that the vampire one? Lincoln. <laughs> no, the Lincoln. You remember the movie that came out where Lincoln was killing vampires? God, I thought you were being serious. I, know, I thought you were being serious. <laughs> you, you scared the tits off me. <laughs> no, I figured it was probably something good. It's fantastic. Watched, it's like two hours. It's like three hours long, and it's very slow. But it's Daniel Day Lewis's portrayal of Lincoln is fantastic. But anyway, I watched this film, and it's very. I can understand why certain fans of film don't like it because it is really slow, and it is a lot of dialogue, and that's the kind of film I'm into. I love good dialogue. So you're, you're not a everybody's Tarantino into that. fan. Hell no. <laughs> And it's no, he Hell no. dialogue in his movies. <laughs> it's it's not always great. Um, we can talk about Tarantino another day and why I don't like his fucking movies. But I was I was watching this movie and I was just you know when you there's scenes where Secretary of State Seward is talking to Lincoln and they're talking about you know how to get the abolition of slavery passed and like how many votes they need and how many Democratic votes they're going to need as Republicans and. And, and and Lincoln was just so – I mean, I don't know that this is how it actually went down, but uh, Daniel Day-Lewis made it seem believable as Abraham Lincoln. He just was never worried about it. He was just always, we'll get them, basically. We'll get the votes. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Seward. Go away. <laughs> Go have some tea. Nobody needs you here. And that's just not how politics are treated anymore, either in Congress or uh, in, everything's a fire in real to be life. put out. 
always, always a fire to be put out. And this was during the Civil fucking War when there was an actual fire to be put out. <laughs> like literal fires all over the place. Just, yeah, and it's just like, it's just like, eh, don't worry about it. We'll get the votes. Slavery's going away. <laughs> was Lincoln don't a drinker? I don't think he was a drinker, was he? <laughs> I don't think he was. I think he was actually abstinent. He just ah fuck it. I'm just gonna drink. <laughs> he didn't throw. I no- mean that sexually. And by the way, that abstinence thing. I mean that sexually too, because Mary Todd Lincoln was not an attractive woman. <laughs> Although she was portrayed by Sally Field in the film, who at one at in her day was uh, quite the quite the attractive young woman. Not a boy. <laughs> But yeah. Anyway, I feel like I went off the rails there for a I'll second. I'll have to watch Lincoln. You ever watch uh, Adams? Or Adam? Is it Adams? John Adams? It's on HBO? That's yeah, it's a series, yeah. right? Have not checked it out. I'll tell you what. Oh, this week, you watch what? Lincoln. You haven't uh, watched that? <laughs> it's brand new. Lincoln came out in like 2011, and you didn't see that shit. I know, I didn't. 2011, <laughs> I was just getting pissed drunk and just chasing tail. I didn't give a shit about politics then. You, honestly, Corey, it's a film you would the love. good old days. It's very long, but you would love it. The only thing I had to worry about were venereal diseases. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Do I have to go now? Yeah, it's your monologue time. Spotlight's on you. Ah, uh, yes. Conspiracy theories, then and now. I first learned of a conspiracy theory when I was a boy around age 10 or 11. Always curious and interested in history, I remember going through a box of old junk at my grandma's house with her. Grandma Griffin was a sweet old lady with a cute Betty White chuckle of a laugh and the most perfectly groomed bunny tail white perm you have ever seen on a white woman's head until the day that she died. As we dug through the junk, we finally got to the artifact that would catch my eye over any of the others. The front page of an old newspaper, the morning edition of the Detroit Free Press from November 23rd, 1963. Kennedy murdered, Johnson president, is what it read in big bold letters, making sure to put in smaller subtext above, pro-Castroite charged in slaying. The subtext was obviously speaking of the man who was suspected of pulling the trigger of an M38 rifle from the sixth floor of the Texas School Books Depository at 12.30 p.m. the previous morning. Or, I'm sorry, afternoon. Grandma, why do you still have this old newspaper? I asked. Well, because that's from the day that President Kennedy was killed, she responded. Even being a young boy, I knew the assassination of a president was a big deal. I'd even heard of Kennedy's assassination before. But the fact that an old suburban woman from Detroit would want to hang on to that newspaper for all those years made me very curious. Who killed him? I asked. And I remember Grandma Griffin looking at me as if she wanted to say something, but then put on a little grin through her dentures as if she felt I wasn't ready to know something. Lee Harvey Oswald, the man in the picture here, she said, pointing down to Art Oswald's mugshot on the front page. A few days later, he was shot by Jack Ruby, she felt the need to add. Grandma didn't always have the greatest filter. Why did he do that? Wouldn't that mean he went to jail, too? 
I asked. Yes, it would, she responded. Then why? I asked. Only this time more puzzled. Grandma Griffin looked down at me again and said, That's the question we've all been asking for 30 years. The mystery of that fateful day in Dallas has remained an obsession of sorts for a great deal of people even to this day. From the CIA to Cuban leader Fidel Castro to the KGB to Oswald just acting alone, all manner of theories have been brought forth over the decades as to just who was responsible for Jack Kennedy's death and why they would want him dead. Who brainwashed Ruby into killing Oswald in front of television cameras that morning? How can you explain a single bullet causing such unusual injuries to the president? Was there a second shooter? Inconsistencies, different motives, real mystery, and real intrigue. These are the things that make an interesting, juicy, and even fun conspiracy theory. When it came to Kennedy's death, there have certainly been disagreements as to the details over the decades. But one thing you can say about what is probably the most infamous conspiracy in American history is that it has never been weaponized. I don't remember hearing of a family ever disowning a brother or sister because they thought there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll. I don't recall any friendships ending because one friend thinks Oswald acted alone while another thinks that the CIA was behind the assassination. It's always simple, good banter, good discussion. Sure, it can get heated, but nobody is kicking anyone out of their lives over their opinions on Kennedy's death. And to my knowledge, they never have. Oh, how things have changed. The phrase conspiracy theory has been utterly bastardized in 2021. It's been turned into a weapon to push a narrative to otherize people that have different opinions and beliefs than we do. It's used as a simple, thoughtless way to explain why I am smart and you are dumb. Those people over there, those people are gross. These are the type of things we see spewed all over social media platforms and even over mainstream media. When something doesn't fit a narrative in the awful silos of groupthink, it's always placed into the dangerous conspiracy theory bucket and tossed aside. We're not meant to take those people seriously. They're misled, dumb, and even evil. It's become almost robotic. There's no need to give something further thought when it is placed into the quote-unquote conspiracy theory bucket. It's a method of control. Put out a narrative, slowly make people think that it's their idea, bring them into a silo of like-minded thinkers, and I use the term thinkers for lack of a better word, and convince them to convince themselves that outside thoughts are a dangerous conspiracy theory. It's really a microcosm of fascism. Let's review some recent examples. Let's start with the lab leak theory. Prior to early 2021, even suggesting that SARS-CoV-2 may have come from a lab 
was touted as a dangerous conspiracy theory. Why? Because it would suggest that the NIH may have been involved in funding research that made the virus so contagious and so transmissible so quickly. This would lead back to the American government being involved with causing a pandemic. We can't have that. Never mind what actually happened. Never mind preventing it from happening again. We just can't let the world know that the most powerful government in the world would be responsible for the deaths of millions. Drone strikes, illegal bombings, and other war crimes aside, of course. Now we know that the NIH, in fact, was funding some form of research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We know that the former director of the NIH had a sneaking suspicion that SARS-CoV-2 was leaked from a lab. And nobody seems to be offended by the assumption that this pandemic was caused by us, by man. Do we have definitive proof yet? No. But you're no longer a mouth-breathing Trump humper for talking about it. Example number two. Foreign agents had, it, had an effect on the 2016 election. Fox News would have you believe that President Trump had absolutely no help from foreign powers on his way to victory in 2016. It was a massive witch hunt against the president. It was a dangerous conspiracy theory put forth by Democrats to delegitimize President Trump's victory. We now know that the Internet Research Agency is a real thing, an, organi an organization built by the Russian government to build memes to be shared all over social media by Americans in order to bring down American culture and build dissent. Did the Russians want Trump to win? I don't think so, not necessarily. I think they wanted chaos. Did they see his run as a great chance to invoke that chaos? Absolutely. I've given you now two examples on both sides of this polarized political aisle of two garbage political stances in recent history where something was presented as a quote-unquote dangerous conspiracy theory that turned out to be partially or even mostly true. Instances that divide us. Divided families and friendships. It's another example of us being controlled because it's because if we're shooting at each other, we're not pointing the metaphorical weapons at the people who deserve it. The people who use us to stay in power and get jobs lobbying or working directly for things like Big Pharma, Big Tech, the military industrial complex, or others. Did you hear what I said, Kirsten Cinema? Let's make conspiracy theories fun again. And for the record, I don't think Oswald acted alone. <laughs> Do you ever hear the uh, conspiracy theory that it was uh, a secret serviceman that shot John F. Kennedy? That one I have not heard. <clears throat> All right. So when you look at like the trajectory of the bullet that killed Kennedy, it looks like it came from the front. You know what I mean? And it, it, yeah, the magic bullet the magic thing. magic bullet. Yeah. So... 
the theory is, I don't know how true it is or not, you know, like, obviously they're all conspiracy theories, but, uh, that Oswald took the shot, but he wasn't that good of a shot, and he missed and killed the, or he hit the, uh, governor, right? Because remember the governor. You know, he's a, he's a fantastic marksman. Okay, then, yeah, it was something like that, like, he obviously... He wasn't aiming for Kennedy. It was something like he might have actually been aiming for the governor. <laughs> like he wanted to kill the governor or something like that. And that like that's where the bullet hit was the governor. But then that the secret one of the secret service like I guess they were drinking the night before or something. And that like when the shot rang out, they all sped off. And so that on the car in front of him was one of the secret service men with his like some machine gun or whatever, and then when it took off, he went like, like went like this, and popped the shot, and he's the one that killed fucking Kennedy. Could you imagine? If it was, That's ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous. I don't buy. I don't buy that one for two seconds. <laughs> but it makes just as much sense as any of the other crazy. Way ones. to make a mockery of my monologue, Corey. No, it was just a conspiracy that I heard <laughs> that I thought was hilarious. But uh, but yeah, no, it's. Yeah, it's it's insane that now conspiracy theories are just like they just they just shut them down now. Now, like before, like you said, it was uh, like a conversation piece. It was something to talk about, like oh, but what if you know? But what if? But now that you're not even allowed yeah, to have those conversations or thoughts now. Now it's just the, the the people that were in, the people that were touting certain conspiracies. They would go on like fucking Geraldo Rivera, you know, like. The uh, people would go on it like this is a Pruder film. Like, didn't that come out on on one of the uh, one of the mainstream like ABC News? Wasn't that originally shown on like ABC News? The Zabruder film. What was the Zabruder film? The Zabruder film was was the was the uh, the film that suggested that there may have been a second shooter. You can actually oh see, the grassy when you, see, when you first see yeah you know, when you first see President Kennedy's head shoot backwards which obviously if he'd been shot from the front it seems like it probably would have gone forward well you look at the um, you look at the bullet wounds and stuff like that when a bullet goes in the hole's small when it comes out it's big and his brain went out the back of his head because you see jackie do you see jackie kennedy grab his brain off the back of the car yeah no it's it's an interesting conspiracy and i like it and i i said at the end of my monologue i don't think i don't think oswald acted alone i think there may have been a second shooter it's fun but that's the thing Corey. When we're sitting here talking about it, we're having fun. We're having fun this talking fun. about it. It's a fun conspiracy. Now conspiracies are like this like horrible thing that you just use to make other people seem yeah, stupid. Yeah, now you can't like, say, but what if? Because if you say, but what if? Nope. It's like, no, you're crazy. And like, I've even fallen for that. I've dogged people that I've known since elementary school because I saw them say, but what if on Facebook? And it's like, dude, no, you're wrong. This is why. That's stupid. And you know, and what you're saying right now actually might make me take a second, be like, well, you know, like let's entertain this, let's have some fun with it. It doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't fucking hurt anything. There's not dangerous conversation to just even just. That's what I hate. I hate when people go dangerous conspiracy theory, and then when you present it that way, people that feel that way might get defensive, and then what do they do? Right. They turn back to it, social media and say, you're a shit. You're a sheep. And you're it might a, even you know, have been just an idea yeah. that they weren't even ironclad on, but as soon as you just demoralize them and demean them and like ridicule them, they're going to be like, well, well fuck you. 
And I presented in my monologue examples from both sides. Like it's not it's not like a, a crazy Trump humper thing that you're a conspiracy theorist. It's not a, a you know a Democrat thing. It's on both sides, hmm. and it's going to be presented that way for a long time. And I'm yeah, I don't know. no, you're I, right. And it's what's I, interesting too is uh, I had a friend at work, uh, Sean. I'll give him a shout out if I tell him I talked about him. He might listen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he brought up this really good point. He's like, yeah, when we were kids. All the conspiracy theories were on the left. All the young people on the left had the conspiracy theories like 9-11, chemtrails. Like all of these crazy conspiracy theories were on the left. But then then there was this weird shift to where now it's people on the right who have all the crazy conspiracy theories. And it wasn't like like, it's just weird how it went, how like the pendulum swung. And now everyone on the left is like, oh, no, you can't think like that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, and, and yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with who's in power. Yeah, it probably does. You're probably right. Cuz like like let's say okay, so like let's say this. Just let's just let's just play a fun thought experiment for a second. Let's say Al Gore was president starting in 2001. That the hanging chads didn't happen. Let's just say that Al Gore took the oath of office on January 20th. 2001. 9-11 still happens. But we have a Democratic president. Now what? Is it still an inside job? Do we still go to war in Iraq? In Afghanistan? All these things. But I think think I'm more focused on the event of 9-11. Is it still going to be thought of as an inside job? Because that's, I mean, that's the number one conspiracy theory regarding 9-11, right? It was an inside job, (laughs) bombs blown up, and, you know, we all know it. Jet fuel doesn't melt still beams. Is it still a conspiracy theory if Al Gore is president? And if there is still a conspiracy theory, is it political? Where does it come from? Who puts that conspiracy theory out there? Hmm. That's a good point. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think about things like that when it comes to, like, what-if scenarios. Like, would the Women's of March happened if Hillary Clinton won instead of Donald Trump? And I know that's a different tangent than what we're talking about, but, like, when we're just talking about, like, what-ifs, like, what... Well, and then, and then, and what happens... So, if Hillary Clinton wins in 2016, what happens with the woke movement? Does that happen? Are we still sitting here talking about the same stuff? Are we even having a political podcast? Are people shitting? So and th- now we can assume that we can basically probably assume that Hillary Clinton, if she had won in 2016, would have won re-election because it's just a very different scenario. Right. So she wins re-election. You know, do do we have this COVID outbreak? Co- not. I wasn't even going to say that. I was actually going to say. This trans pushback, right? Like, how much of Trump being Trump? Sorry, I just dropped. Oh, jeez. Had to, <laughs> oh, jeez. Has to. How much of Trump being president has to do with how fierce the trans pushback is in mainstream? Yeah. 
It's just an interesting question, and hopefully the people will think about it. Maybe we'll think about it, and we'll come back with a really incoherent answer next week. Homework. You don't need any more homework. God damn, these accelerated classes are kicking my ass. That's it. We're just trying to make people. We're just trying to make people. We're just trying to make thinking sexy. Don't just follow narratives. Don't just sit in your comfortable bubble because like what you think is right is right when it's like there's uh all right i'm i'm gonna go write something on this yeah. story how different would the world be al gore one if george w bush was never president of the united states if how different would the Florida. world be <laughs> if george w bush's mom swallowed <laughs> <laughs> Then we probably would have had Jeb. <laughs> Jeb is a mess. <laughs> Jeb is a big yeah. fat mistake. Jeb would have been like, oh, I'm not ready for this. Mom? <laughs> Mom? All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that it? Oh, man. Is that all we got? I think that's it. We got to roll. It's God, I was, saying, I was saying, hey, Corey, let's end this show at an hour 15. We're at an hour 35. Yeah. Well, right now, mine only is, my uh, my recording says 33 minutes because for some reason I got disconnected well, from you. Because you're oh, shit my God. I'm good. I went through a really embarrassing monologue while you were gone. Um, So I'm leaving it in. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, my audio is probably still going to be recorded because it was still recording for me. So just when you go to edit, just edit out me going, oh, well, I'm just going to wait for Dan. Uh, I was like looking at my notes. I was about to start talking about something. And then I was like, I'm just going to refresh real quick. And we're talking shop in front of the people. <laughs> anyway. But yeah. This has been an observative. He's and been he's Corey been Walsh. Dan motherfucking Griffin. Uh, and we. Real quick. Oh yeah, we gotta talk Look about at, uh, the where people can our find Our monologues, us. we have transcripts for them. They're on libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. We are on Facebook at Libservative. We are on Twitter and Instagram at LibservativePod. Um like, follow, share, come hang out. We post things, we try to get some dialogue going in the comments and such. Uh we you can follow you can find our podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And then tell a friend. If you're interested in these conversations and you like what we have to say, tell a friend that you might think is interested and you guys can listen together and I'll give you guys something to get drunk and talk about. How me and Dan just rant about random bullshit. (laughs) We do also have uh, a a really fun idea for season two. We've kind of gone back and reevaluated what we want to do for season two. I think this is going to work out I don't think we're going to announce it just yet. Right. But yeah, we, we got so many plans on the pipeline. We're just getting all of our ducks in a row. We got life in the way right now. We're keeping the show going, but we got stuff that's going to blow your socks off. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try it again. He's been and Corey he's Walsh. Been Dan Griffin. And this has been a conservative. And we are out of here.